No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ben Hadid of Syria lays siege to Israel and demands much spoil from King Ahab. But the Lord tells Ahab that he will deliver Syria into his hand. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. What do you do when threatened by a bully? I will never forget when I was in junior high. There was a guy in my PE class, and he was always razzing me. And one day, I just had enough, and I said, I, I just gave it right back to him. And he said, oh yeah? Well, I call you out at the playground after school. Well, I knew what that meant. That meant that I needed to prepare myself for a fight. Now, I wasn't one to get in very many fights growing up, but I knew that I couldn't back down from this one. So, sure enough, after school, I show up at the playground, not knowing what to expect. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and finally, he shows up. And he looks at me and he says, oh, I was just kidding. And he left. And I learned two very valuable lessons that day. First, bullies are just as afraid as the people they bully. They just hide it better. Second, if you stand for what is right, God will give you courage. Now today we see these principles played out with King Ahab and Israel. King Ahab was very wicked, and yet the Lord was willing to help him against a bully. We continue today in 1 Kings chapter 20. Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together, Thirty-two kings were with him with horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. Then he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold are mine. Your loveliest wives and children are mine. Ben-Hadad of Syria, and your modern translations will say, Aram, was the proverbial bully. He was getting pressure from the king of Assyria in the north who had captured his trade routes. Therefore, he was hoping to secure trade routes in Israel and conscript the people of Israel to fortify his own nation against a potential Assyrian invasion. Ben-Hadad saw Ahab and Israel as an easy target. They had suffered drought and famine for three and a half years and were in a very weakened state. Therefore, Ben-Hadad gathered 32 kings of northern city-states whose safety and prosperity depended upon Syria being strong, and they besieged Samaria, the capital of Israel. Benny the bully, as we might call him, made a bold demand of Ahab, Give me your gold, your silver, your wives, and your children. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. Ahab was a weak king who had no moral fiber, but he showed extreme weakness in that when he was threatened, 
he made no inquiry of the Lord. David, on the other hand, when he was threatened, inquired of the Lord and strengthened himself in the Lord. But Ahab easily capitulated to these outrageous demands of Ben-Hadad. Then the messengers came back and said, Thus speaks Ben-Hadad, saying, Indeed, I have sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the house of your servants. And it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hands and take it. Ahab's response wasn't good enough for Ben-Hadad. He was proud and greedy, and that's a deadly combination. He decided to change the terms by demanding that his men be allowed to invade Ahab's home and the homes of his servants and take whatever they wanted. So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Notice, please, and see how this man seeks trouble, for he sent to me for my wives, my children, my silver, and my gold, and I did not deny him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. Therefore he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king all that you sent for to your servant the first time I will do, but this thing I cannot do. And the messengers departed and brought back word to him. At last Ahab called for his elders to get their advice. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. And Proverbs 24.6 says, For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. King Ahab's elders advised him not to agree to Ben-Hadad's demands. Therefore Ahab replied to the king of Syria, We will accept the first demand you made, but not the second. It is important to set boundaries, especially with people who know no boundaries, and for that King Ahab is to be commended. However, one can't help but think that Ahab was trying to appease this bully, and that never works. Verse 10, Then Ben-Hadad sent to him and said that gods do so to me, and more also, if enough dust is left of Samaria, for a handful for each of the people who follow me. Ben-Hadad's pride stepped in once again so that he made a grandiose boast. He claimed that he would so demolish Samaria that there wouldn't be enough of it left for each man to carry back a handful of Samaritan dust. So the king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, let not the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it off. Now this is probably the only saying Ahab ever said that I like. It's kind of the equivalent of don't count your chickens before they hatch. Or in other words, don't boast in a victory you haven't yet won. And it happened when Ben-Hadad heard this message as he and the kings were drinking at the command post that he said to his servants, get ready. And they got ready to attack the city. Why were Ben-Hadad and his 32 kings drinking alcohol at a time like this anyway? 
probably for the same reason that a man will have a couple of drinks before he propositions a girl. He thinks it will give him courage. It is true that alcohol will help a person overcome fears and inhibitions, but at what cost? Suddenly, a prophet approached Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ahab said, By whom? And he said, Thus says the Lord, by the young leaders of the provinces. Then he said, Who will set the battle in order? And he answered, You. As the Syrians are getting drunk, a prophet approaches Ahab, telling him that God will deliver the Syrians into his hand. Now, why would God do such a favor for this wicked, Baal-worshipping king of Israel? It certainly wasn't because Ahab or Israel were worthy. But God is always seeking to demonstrate his grace toward people. Truly, God's mercy here toward Ahab is striking. But the Lord also took this opportunity to prove to all Israel that he alone is God. Through all of Ahab's sin, weakness, and idolatry, God was still determined to go after Ahab's heart. And I love that about the Lord. Jesus came to seek and to save what is lost. And there was no one more lost than King Ahab. With this encounter by the prophet, God gave Ahab the opportunity to change. And what a golden opportunity that is in the life of anyone. The question is, when our opportunity comes, will we take it? Verse 15, Then he mustered the young leaders of the provinces, and there were 232, and after them he mustered all the people, all the children of Israel, 7,000. So they went out at noon. Meanwhile, Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings helping him were getting drunk at the command post. The young leaders of the provinces went out first, and Ben-Hadad sent out a patrol, and they told him, saying, Men are coming out of Samaria. So he said, If they have come for peace, take them alive, and if they have come for war, take them alive. Ahab's father Omri had organized Israel into various provinces governed by young leaders, and it would be 232 young leaders who would go out to battle first. Then Ahab followed with an army of 7,000. They were greatly outnumbered against this Syrian multitude. But those are just the kind of odds that God likes, the odds that give him the glory. Meanwhile, back in the Syrian camp, Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings were getting plastered. Commanding under the influence was no way to lead an army. Ben-Hadad sent out his scouts, but when they saw Israel approaching, they delayed. Rather than going out to meet Israel in battle, Ben-Hadad told his scouts, see if they want peace or war. Either way, capture them alive. If Ben-Hadad had been clear-thinking and courageous like David, then he would have personally led the 32 kings into battle. He may have been a bully, but he was a scaredy cat at heart. Then these young leaders of the provinces went out of the city with the army which followed them, and each one killed his man. So the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them, and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse 
with the cavalry. Then the king of Israel went out and attacked the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. Now, God fulfilled his word here to King Ahab. King Ahab was now completely without excuse for not worshiping the Lord, not fearing the Lord, because Elijah had proven to him on Mount Carmel that the Lord was God when the Lord sent fire down from heaven to consume the offering. And now the prophet told Ahab that the Lord would give him the battle by the hand of the young leaders, and it happened exactly as the prophet said. Ahab was without excuse if he did not worship the Lord as God. And Ben-Hadad, the boastful bully, was now running away, riding on his horse, fleeing the scene of the battle, humiliated. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go strengthen yourself, take note, and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. So another good word of wisdom This was the first of three Syrian battles that Israel would have against Syria. And as is so often the case, after a great victory, the enemy does not like to yield ground and will come after you again. It's always wise that after a victory to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and to get ready for another battle. It seems there's always a boastful bully around the corner. And we need to be prepared. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where a prophet tells Ahab that the Lord will deliver the Syrians to him again. This means both success and failure for Ahab. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.